Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast, your weekly guide to solid Christian thinking on culture, science, faith, and Christian confidence, hosted by Tom Gilson. Hi, I'm Tom Gilson. Thank you for joining me here for the Thinking Christian Podcast. We're taking a look together through the book of Luke at the character of Jesus in line with what I teach in my book, Too Good to be False, How Jesus' Incomparable Character Reveals His Reality. We're in Luke 4, beginning in verse 31. And I'm going to combine several passages from here and the next chapter as we look at Jesus performing miracles. Several things that are interesting about them. What I show in the book that I wrote, Too Good to be False, is that Jesus has an unusual and, for many of us, unrecognized use of authority, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, he speaks on his own authority. It's not the Lord says, it's I say to you. He spoke with that kind of authority. In the book, I didn't get that much into the miracles. And the reason is because we're so used to talking about the miracles that uh, I wanted to talk about something different. But he does have authority over demons, for example. We see this in Luke 4, 31 through 37. He went down to Capernaum, it says, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. That's the same thing that they said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. The last couple verses of Matthew 7, his teaching was with authority. Exactly the same thing. He carries it through in in what he does with healings and with miracles. Here, specifically, with an unclean demon. It says in verse 33, In the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. Jesus wants to be his own witness at this point. He certainly doesn't need the demons doing it for him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, it goes on to say, he came out of him, having done the man no harm. They were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. The authority that he employed when he was teaching and the authority that he employed when he was casting out demons, they were the same authority. He was the one who could say, you have heard it was said, but I say to you, he taught on his own authority. We we think of the, the power and the authority that he showed when he cast out demons. And it's for real. Demons are for real. I have no doubt about that. They have real power. They are really to be taken seriously, at least as far as we encounter them. We don't need to go looking for them. Jesus has authority over them, and we're impressed by that. We can be equally impressed by the authority that it speaks of here in verse 32, where it says they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. This is Jesus, the extraordinary, the one of extraordinary character, extraordinary authority, extraordinary power. It goes on in verse 38, it says, 
He arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf, and he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now at this point, I have to tell you a story. I was talking with my friend Mike Lacona about the message that I was teaching, the early form of the message I was teaching in the book, Too Good to be False. I said, Jesus never used this extraordinary power for his own benefit. And I think that's astonishing. And Mike said, what about the time when he healed Peter's mother-in-law and she rose and started to serve him? And I looked at him and I said, Mike, all that proves is two things. One, you know your New Testament really well. And two, you're a smart aleck. Uh, he took it in good humor. And that was that was his answer to what I had to say about Jesus never using his own power for his own benefit, his extraordinary power for his own benefit. He went on to teach, and we're going to come back to that next time. He went on to, to cleanse a leper, and this is the same kind of a thing going on. Jesus heals with power and with love. He touches. Chapter 5, verse 13, he stretched out his hand and touched the leper. This is unusual love in action. This is unusual relationship. This is what makes Jesus so different from everybody. He cleansed them and said, Go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded. That wasn't because Jesus lacked any authority to, to proclaim his healing. It's just that there were rules that needed to be followed in order for the man to be readmitted to society. That was all that was going on there in that instruction that Jesus gave to him. And then we have in in chapter 5, verse 17, the story of the paralytic. And I'll, I'll finish with that with one comment that you may be familiar with and another one that may not be so much. On one of those days, it says, as he was teaching, again, this is Luke 5, 17, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus." And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. The Pharisees were struck by the authority Jesus claimed, authority to forgive sins. They asked the right questions. No one has the authority to give to forgive sins but God alone. It's that authority issue again. And Jesus answered by showing authority. He spoke to the man, 
in his illness and said, Be healed. Rise up, take your bed, and go home. And that was to demonstrate his authority. This is about the the character, the power, the authority, the place that Jesus holds in, in the scheme of things, that he has the authority that God has, the authority to forgive sins. This is important partly because skeptics will tell you that there's not much evidence that Jesus acted as God or uh, thought of himself as God in the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three. We have clear signs of Jesus' deity being taught in the book of John, and they'll tell you it's not in the Synoptics. Well, it's right here. Jesus is showing that he has the authority that only God has to forgive sins. That's important teaching for us as we engage with skeptics on this. But there's one final point I want to leave you with, and that's this. It's very likely that as you read this, you might be asking yourself, here comes this paralyzed man. He's lying on a bed. His friends have brought him there so he can be healed. They've climbed up on the roof. They've cleaned out all the tiles. They've lowered him in front of Jesus so that he can be healed and stand up and walk. And what does Jesus do? He says, my son, your sins are forgiven you. Did Jesus not get the message? Did he miss the memo? Couldn't he tell what was going on there? Did Jesus miss the important thing? No. And I can tell you that on my own authority. I've never been paralyzed, but I have had a lot of walking issues. That is, I have had six foot surgeries, serious foot surgeries. I've had lots and lots of trouble in between those surgeries. I had trouble leading up to them. I have worn a fracture boot, I believe, for a total of 25,000 hours. I've worn out five fracture boots. I've worn out two uh, knee walkers. I currently own two pairs of crutches, even though it's been a while since the last one of these incidents. I have spent months and months on crutches. I've had casts applied to my feet at least 12 times, 12 different casts. I know a little bit about what it means not to be able to walk. I also remember very, very clearly what it meant to me when I came to faith in Christ and experienced his forgiveness the first time. I know what it means now after all these surgeries to be healed of these foot problems. I know what it means to be forgiven. And I'll tell you what, if I had a choice, forgiveness is way better. It's so cleansing. It, it opens up the heart. It opens up the life. It opens up the soul. It opens up relationships. I can get along without walking. I could not get along without forgiveness. When Jesus said to him, Son, your sins are forgiven you. He gave him the better thing. And I can tell you that from my own experience. Jesus knew what he was doing. He always knew what he was doing. He never, you never see him coming out of a conversation going, Oh, no, I handled that wrong. That doesn't happen in Jesus' ministry. He was brilliant. He was loving. He was caring. He had authority. And we see it all here in these passages in Luke four and five. We'll come back to some that I skipped next time. Until then, thank you for joining in. I'm Tom Gilson for the Thinking Christian Podcast. The Thinking Christian Podcast is copyright by Thomas Gilson. For more information, visit the Thinking Christian blog at thinkingchristian.net.